What up, y'all? Welcome to the Gunslinger Gaming Frosty Pines Podcast. I'm Gobi. With me tonight is Dr. Niggle, Mega Construct, and Zero Burn 75. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. Don't tell First me what up. to do. No, fuck off, I will. Sit back, shut up, play border round, Borderlands, and just listen for, uh, yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> the, much. the GS, the GS site is undergoing maintenance, as many of you know. Um, we're gonna give it a total facelift, because it needs it. <laughs> um, very much so. We're gonna have a landing page, and then obviously the forms will still be there in master lists, but it's going to look a lot different. It's going to be a lot leaner. And, uh, well, hopefully it works better. It is going to look fantabulous. The landing page is going to be amazing. It's going to be the best landing page, the biggest landing page. We're going to have the best landing page. Tremendous. Huge. <laughs> yeah. Some would say the greatest landing page of all time. <laughs> It, it very well could be. I mean, it's entirely possible. I mean, Dr. Niggle is working on it, so that it's in the realm of possibility. Honestly, um, at this point, I'm waiting for Murphy to stop working on it so that I can start working on it, because I did do some work on it, and then he came back with an update, and was like, hey, uh, this is what I'm thinking now. And I'm like, okay, I'll adjust my strategy. And then I thought, nope, I'll just wait. I, <laughs> I'll, I will be patient. Uh, he knows what he wants. I will, I will uh, refine whatever he gives me. Or whatever he gives us, because so far, yeah. what's been coming out is leaps and bounds ahead of what we had. Yeah. Um, so the Titan embed is here to stay. Um, for those of you that listen, that uh, remember back in the day, we had Chad Ango uh, built into the website, uh, and this is going to give us the ability to go back to that per se. Um, there's also going to be an events calendar up, and we're going to try our damnedest to you know, get community events going. Um, these can be game-in-game game meetups or, um, you know, even maybe local meetups too after this whole quarantine ends, obviously. But stay six feet away and wash your hands. Even do it with the quarantine. It's not like anybody's going to die from this. <laughs> you say that. All right. Oh, uh, wait. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so, onto our first thing, gaming news. Uh, so, GOG Galaxy 2.0, we've talked about this a couple times in the past. Um, it's now in open beta, so anybody can use it. Um, it's getting some updates, and I use it every day. Like, this has kind of been my go-to thing. Like, it's so nice having all of my games in one spot, and they just work. Um... The only feature that I'm really looking forward to that they haven't put out is um, being able to chat across different systems. So me being on the GOG client and being able to chat with somebody on Steam. Um, it's not supported yet. They're still trying. Um, hopefully they can get that figured out sooner rather than later. But uh, you want to run a game with command lines, you can do that, which is something you couldn't do before but it's getting a lot better and it's worth it if you haven't checked it out go check it out yeah gog is uh 
I'm I'm behind this. I really want them to bring it out of beta. I'm happy that they're getting closer to it because unified friends lists, unified games library, uh, all the rest of that is very appealing to me. Uh, and so what makes this this update that they just put out, which is apparently called Update Five, um, it apparently now puts all your gaming subscriptions in one place as well. Um, so that's cool. I mean, it sounds like that means like Xbox, you know, Game Pass. Um, I'm not sure if this is Nvidia Shadow Play. They basically only talk about the Xbox Game Pass. Um, I'm assuming it also works for UPlay and Origins Game Pass as well. Uh, yeah, I don't those have are... any of those so. Those are the big ones right now. The other one that would be great to see in there, uh, just because Zero started or Zero is playing WoW a lot, is WoW subscription. But you need to tie that in through Blizzard, and I don't know how friendly Acta Blizzard is towards GOG. Um, they actually have in built-in extensions, so you can log in and you can see your Battle.net. Like it lists all your games right oh, there. Oh, that's cool. I missed that. Um. So it technically I own Diablo 3 but that's only because it's the trial. Um it doesn't denote that in the GOG like it says I own Destiny 2, Diablo 3, Hearthstone, Heroes of the Storm, Overwatch, StarCraft, StarCraft 2 and World of Warcraft. I don't own any of those games, but I know for a fact they all have free trials on the Blizzard dot, or the battle.net um and so they see those as you own the games, but in reality, all you do is own the trial. But yeah, it's it's built into uh, settings under integrations now. Cool. I, okay, I know that Heroes of the Storm is a free-to-play game, and I think that Hearthstone is And it's actually too. quite fun. Yeah, it, what was it, Blizzard trying to compete with Dota? Yeah, and Hearthstone actually has really picked up. They just released um, Ashes of the Outland, which actually has uh, introduced Demon Hunters and Illidan Stormrage into the uh, into the lore of Hearthstone. Hearthstone is huge on Twitch and has been for a long time now, and I never got it because I don't find it entertaining to watch people play a card game. But apparently, like China it's like loves it. The Gathering right yeah, yeah but nowhere i don't think it's as complicated as magic the gathering that might be my nowhere near bias. it no okay, nowhere so, near but it it's the same basic concept you got like monster cards and spell cards and that's like saying pokemon and magic the gathering are the same basic concept because they're both card games <laughs> <sighs> I mean, but, they, you do basically battles. I mean, it's, <laughs> you're you're basically battling. The only difference is, you know, magic. You have the mana cost and the complex battle systems and stuff. Where Pokemon, yet you still have monsters that are battling other monsters. Like it's still a battle game. It's really no different than Battleship. If you boil it all when the way down. Play, when you play Pokemon in real life, can you actually throw a ball at someone that you're like competing against? <laughs> You can, My sister did that and got kicked game. out of a tournament. Well, that's stupid. I'm just saying. I will admit, yeah. I, I do find it pretty surprising how many people have adapted or adopted to playing card-style games online. And I mean, I guess it sort of makes sense, but 
it just seems weird to me when you have all of the graphics capabilities and whatnot of a computer that you use it to basically play a fancy version of solitary like, <laughs> microsoft solitaire which is a great game but... right i should do that that should be my new twitch routine i go on and i play solitaire or spider solitaire but you know what's really funny way back in the day i used to play spades on yahoo games like yeah. way back in the, <laughs> yeah. the internet like I'm talking in the AOL chat or like the AIM chat room, like AIM chats and like Yahoo Messenger in those days. Yeah, like early teens playing space with people online. That was like the earliest online gaming. Oy. Yes. And, so, yeah, and GOG, I, I don't think God. any of those are actually sell on GOG, but I'm sure you can find them somewhere. Um, if you can't find solitary. <laughs> you can't find solitary. <laughs> Microsoft fucked up all their free games that they used to have. Does a colossal yeah. fucking mistake with Windows 10 when it came out. They didn't have like oh. built-in solitaire and spider solitaire. What the fuck happened to pinball? Windows oh, XP came with they pinball. Gave, they gave you Candy Crush. Fuck My that, guys. boys. <laughs> I'm old and I don't like change. <laughs> oh, fuck Candy Crush, period. Microsoft store, and when you do get it, it's got ads for other apps in it. Yeah, oh, that's what I, I want to. I want to hear about. Uh, I want to hear about your new bejeweled game while I'm playing solitaire. That's obviously of interest to me. Uh, so, <clears throat> obviously, I like Microsoft games. Huge Gears fan, Halo fan, um, and I have to say, I was not super excited that they put their their games on Steam. But I, at the same time, I'm happy that their games are now on Steam. Because at least you can back up and do some things that cause the Windows 10 store is just the gaming section needs to be tore out of it and moved to a completely different app. Because I don't want to download mobile games on my gaming rig. And they literally the like the number one thing is top for your aims and. The number one is Roblox, and the number two is Asphalt Legends. And Angry Birds 2 is number four. Yeah, those are those are games I'm going to want to play on my phone. Uh, Linus texted me back. He said, thanks for the dick and boobs. Recovery work haven't been on much. I'll probably be back to myself tomorrow. Hope you all have fun in the podcast. So he is alive. He's just recovering from the weekend, and he's working solid from home. Good to know he's still alive. That is always good to hear. <sighs> yeah, okay. I guess we could talk yeah. about sequels. Because those are fun. Everybody loves oh. sequels, right? Yeah, everybody loves a, a good sequel. Um, we're past yeah. the prequel phase, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, a trilogy is fine as long as uh, the, all the movies come out in order. Uh, no, it's actually uh, Horizon Zero Dawn is now going to be a trilogy. And it sounds like the next two games are going to be of gigantic scope and include a co-op mode. Which, I mean, I haven't played the game yet because it's not released on PC, but I am looking forward to playing it this summer when it is finally released on PC. But from the videos I've seen, it looks like it would have been amazing fun co-op. Um, so... Hopefully the second one adds co-op and it does better. Uh, them announcing that it's going to be a trilogy, 
Suspicious. I'm not sure. I'm. Yeah, a little bit. Like you're already planning three games. Like the last time you said something about this was like Titanfall, and you said you wanted to make it in a trilogy, and we're still waiting for Titanfall three. Uh, um, I think Mass hot Effect take here. Hot, hot take here. Um, Titanfall two was garbage. <laughs> uh it did not improve on anything over the first one um i do agree i think the first titanfall game is actually better um than titanfall 2 i do feel like titanfall 2 is better optimized and plays better than um the first one but overall like the titans and the abilities and everything in titanfall 1 was vastly superior to what you got in titanfall 2 and yes, I do believe that's why we haven't had a Titanfall 3. Unfortunately, with as popular as Apex Legends is, I don't see us getting a Titanfall 3 anytime soon. Oh, nuts. I know, right? Oh, you guys are... uh, respawn, yeah. Um, there may... <clears throat> it's actually... The thing about Apex is it takes place in the Titanfall universe, so if you play the Titanfall games, like the lore is all the same, which is cool. I, I really like the Titanfall universe i think it was vastly underdone um they released both of the games at like the worst possible time ever um like they were always right in the shadow of another gigantic release um and that didn't help them any either um but yeah it's just it's one of those things I didn't realize apex was actually in that world that's kind of cool yeah, I mean, the the problem with, I have with Apex is you, it's in the Titanfall world, but you don't have any of the stuff that makes Titanfall unique. You don't have the wall running, the double jump, you know, the, the giant mech at your disposal, which I get. It's Battle Royale. I totally, you know, I get why they didn't include that stuff into the game. That's just why I can't get into the game. Like, I think Titanfall, and I think about a giant fucking mech and being able to call one down on somebody's head, because that's fun. Yeah, I, I think the Mass Effect series pulled it off because I don't think... They didn't ever say that was a trilogy, did they? Like, they never came out and said... I honestly don't Mass remember. <clears throat> I honestly don't remember after the first game if they if they had a plan for a second game or not. But the, the first game was such a, an enormous success um, that... When they came back and decided to do two, they decided to make it two and three. So, if your first game is a, a colossal success, then yeah, maybe it's not presumptuous to think that you can crank out two more. So, good luck to Horizon Zero Dawn 2 and whatever the third project ends up being. It would be more suspicious yeah. if they announced, you know, this is our new game and it's the first one in a trilogy. That that would be, yeah, um, a little, yeah. little pompous. Little uh, presumptuous. I mean, I think they might have done it too early because it really, to me, it depends on how well the second game sells for this. These guys, like the first one, was a PS4 exclusive, so odds. I'm guessing, just gonna guess, gonna go out on a limb here, because uh, Sony's dicks. Um, that Horizon Zero Dawn Two is also gonna be a PS4 exclusive. It is. Um, which, um... if they decide to release it later. I have a problem with that because GTA did it, 
uh, Horizon Zero Dawn's going to do it. Um, Red Dead Redemption 2 did it. It's like, here, let's release it on consoles and then wait a year uh, to give it to the PC guys. Uh, when after everything's already found out, the whole game's like, it's not new anymore. And then you finally get a chance to take at it. Um, right. Well, I, okay, I, the the logic behind that is solid. They're pushing it because they want it to, you know, come out and do well on, on this uh, the, the Sony platforms. So, fine, you know, Sony uh, gives a whole bunch of money to the devs and supports the devs and maybe chips in marketing and all the rest of that. And it gets to be a PS4 exclusive for a year. I, I feel what you're saying, though, in that, you know, we have to wait and we're still waiting for Horizon Zero Dawn on PC devs but yeah it's just that's just how it is if they released it on PS4 and PC uh, the PS4 sales would get destroyed because they know PC MR yeah but at the same time like how much more popular would the game be like (laughs) yeah but if uh, popularity doesn't account for shit if Sony isn't making money on PS4s yeah, I mean that's that's a solid point. I mean it's it sounds like I reading the article and stuff. Um, they're actually talking about doing a standalone co-op like mini game. Um, <clears throat> Metal Gear Solid Five is the last game that I remember did this. They had like the little like five fifteen minute play gameplay or whatever. It was like four dollars or something. I don't remember what it was called, but it was like a prelude to um, Metal Gear Solid Five and the story like transferred over um but it sounds like they're talking about doing that and then it got nixed which that would have been cool it would have been a yeah, stand standalone game did you co-op uh what i was gonna say uh, a minute ago was that uh yeah horizon zero dawn 2 is slated to be a ps4 exclusive but they're also uh, it looks like they're pushing all of the development to meet the standards of Sony's next generation console. So that should give you an idea of when this thing will be due out. Um, after Sony releases its brand new console, maybe at the end of this year, more likely at the beginning of next year. It's assuming there aren't any more delays because of uh, massive worldwide mm-hmm. pandemics. Right. Which is a redundant statement. Yeah. Um. So, of course, one of the new technologies we all kind of talk about, and PC has a great, because uh, ray tracing, it was brought up, it's coming to PS5, or PS5 and <clears throat> Xbox One X, or whatever, Xbox Sex, whatever. Um, the Sex. And, <laughs> the Sex. Uh, modders have also been messing around with it, and they actually, there's this guy, um, he, it's called Pascal Glitchers is his username or whatever but he apparently made a ray tracing shader for desx human resolution revolution deus x deus x human revolution <laughs> um, i mean the deus game looks good as it is um deus, but deus x the De- uh, yeah. ray tracing mod does make it look a shit ton better the cool thing about this is Apparently, if you can get it to run, it'll run in any game and on any GPU. So this could have wide-ranging implications to older games that, you know, aren't supported by ray tracing officially. Um, it's cool because, you know, modders, again, help an old game. But 
I can also see the other side of that, somebody trying to use this where they shouldn't be and getting banned for it and then crying because yeah. that's what internet does. What are you guys' thoughts on ray tracing? I mean, I don't think any of us have a rig that runs ray tracing. Uh, but just general thoughts. Gosh, it sure does look pretty. I mean, I, yeah, I don't, I've only seen the renderings and the images that everybody else has seen, but I, I would have to see it in person to really be able to give an actual judgment. I've I mean, got. Essentially, uh, it sounds really cool, but. But not enough to make you <clears throat> go and buy the hardware to get that that technology upgrade. Yeah, until what I is an RTX going for? Until I experience it firsthand, it's the kind of thing of like I, you know, you don't know what you're missing. So, right. you know, my gaming works pretty damn fine as as it is right now. So, right, it looks amazing uh, to me right now. So don't fuck with it and make something look better than I got upgrade. Uh, I mean, I'm all for the upgrading. I'm all for technology advancing, but I'm in no rush to adopt it, um, you know, before it gets cheaper. Once yeah. Cheaper and more ubiquitous. Cool. I really don't need to pay $700 for a new graphics card right now. Um, sounds like fun, but no, I'm going to pass. Yeah, it's, again, it's one of those things. I think by the time it's an industry standard. Um, I'll enjoy the benefits of it, but I'm not going to go out of my way to spend money and just to have it. Um, but this mod is an interesting take that could, you know, make for some interesting playing around. I'm, I'll, I'll say this. Uh, the modders are ahead of the game on this one. In another year or so, when a lot more games are supporting ray tracing and it pushes more and more people to upgrade their hardware, and the hardware, as Omega said, gets a little cheaper, um, people are really going to appreciate the work that the modders are doing right now. So, like, have at it, and good on you. I'm not interested yet, but I'm definitely going to be. Right. Uh, yeah, so again, keeping with the community, uh, so obviously Resident Evil loves to remake games. Uh, Resident it's Evil true. 3 Remake just dropped. Um, it looks pretty. It actually it does. looks quite a bit of fun. Um, apparently there's an ammo crafting and some other stuff in there that wasn't in the original one. Um, maybe it was, I don't know, but that was one of the features they highlighted. Um, yeah, it looked pretty. Not pretty enough for me to pay for it yet i figure i'll wait until it goes on sale but uh so there's rumors that obviously resident evil 4 is the next one on lists to you know get a remake uh there's been an hd project mod that's been running for years and they're gonna finish it out it's almost done um it's you know they've been working on this for quite a long time um it looks Good. I mean, from the videos they they show and stuff. Um, again, I don't. I'd have to download the game and install it. Um, and but it looks cool. And again, it's so much fun that modders are keeping an old game alive. Plus, I don't have to buy the remake if they finish this because then I can just play it with HD textures anyway. Yeah. Anyway. It's all into the Borderlands 3 over there. 
Yeah. Zero. I don't. I think he fell asleep on us. Nope. I'm listening. I just don't have many patience. I don't play any of these games. Yeah, I, I can't really add anything to. So <laughs> I never played Resident Evil, any of the Resident Evil games. So like, I could uh, at least sympathize or uh, yeah, identify with the joy that you might feel replaying an old game that's been updated because Halo Master Chief Collection is fucking blast now. So yeah, the next installment of the Halo Master Chief Collection is due out uh, next month. Oh my god, it's Halo 2, and it's gonna be so yep. good. It's gonna be so, so gonna be a thing. Yeah, I mean, it's... I'm not against remaster. I mean, they obviously, Crisis, Crisis Remaster is coming out. Um, super stoked about that. Mass Effect 1 Remaster! Uh, that's... He, he, I'm I know, it was a rumor. That well... Really they, cool. It was a rumor so, that turned into a little bit more than a rumor. Yeah, I can honestly see them... Remastering the tril- trilogy. I mean, no offense. Again, the modders have had this done for years. I mean, a lot isn't perfect, but they pretty much have touched every texture in the game and made it better. Um, it would hey. be nice to have an official challenge. Hey, you know, hey now. Patch, but... If EA is known for anything, it is putting out perfect games. <laughs> Well, it was it was perfect back in what 2007? Uh, yeah, when it first came out and was sold on DVD in a hard copy in a box <laughs> that I bought at a Best Buy in Boston. Yeah, that that was it was pretty much a perfect game. I think it needed a patch at some point. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, but I mean, nowadays it doesn't hold up. So, it, and that's fine because it was perfect when it was released. Now they're just bringing that perfection up to modern day standards. Oh my god, yeah, if they remastered that game, I would totally play it again. Uh, I, I know Kozen as... Well, he was at least... Yeah, he... Well, trilogy. He, uh, he finished uh, ME1, he's on the ME2 now. So he's still on ME2? I know like, sure. last time I saw he was playing ME2, but I didn't know how long he'd been into it. But, that uh, one, so that's the other thing. I don't know how how in depth he's going. If he's like hundred hundred percenting the the campaign and all the side missions in like each run through, because he got through ME one pretty quick. So I don't see him hitting max level or doing all of the side quests and all of, all of all the rest of that. Because uh, it took me like three weeks nonstop oh. to hundred percent the first game, including Pinnacle. Yeah, well, the first game is fucking massive. I think it might be the biggest feeling oh, massive game. It might be the biggest, fi- yeah, because of the open world stuff, and especially the rover driving around on planets. Yeah, it yeah. does feel really big, but in terms of content, it, it pales in comparison to Mass Effect 3. Mass Effect 3 was oh, fucking enormous. Oh, no, I mean, there's so much to do in Mass Effect 3, and it's technically the bigger game, but you don't have those big open world, you know, adventures that you had in Mass Effect One and Mass Effect One. Uh, I know. Big. I know. I was bummed when they got rid of the free range of the rover because that that was a fun time. Killing those giant worms, that was fun. Not Shyhalu, the other ones. It was a lot of fun, but it was it, it was kind of a weird alternative gameplay mechanic in with the rest of the game. It was really fun driving all over that big, that huge open area map and finding the base that always had the same tile set every single time. Yeah, 
and you're spending half your time out there just fucking mining. Yep, that's right. Yeah. You'd go over uh, deposits. You'd have to uh, follow the beep that's the main reason and find the deposits. The main thing you were doing on every single star system you went to, you would find all the planets and you would mine all the different fucking... Or Ed, that was a huge time sink. Oh, that was yeah, that's fucking unbelievable ridiculous. time sink going through all of that. Mess. It felt so rewarding at the time, though, because you got to mine them, and then you got to uh, upgrade the parts on your ship and all the rest of that. They changed a lot between Mass Effect 1 and Mass Effect 2, including the inventory oh, yeah. system and the gear system, because Mass Effect 1, I can remember grinding for Colossal Armor, and Mass Effect 2 rolls around, I'm like, where's my fucking Colossal Armor? <laughs> yeah, not there. Uh, I did like that they went back to the rover in Andromeda again. I mean, we all know how we all feel about Andromeda, but I mean, I was I was glad that the return of the ro the Nomad came back. Or yeah, it was Nomad, right? The I, I think so. I don't remember. I don't remember a lot from that game, which is surprising considering how much I played of it. But yeah, the way they implemented it in Mass Effect Andromeda made a lot more sense. So it was, it was nice to have yeah. it come back. And it was nice to have it come back in a useful, utilitarian way. Yeah, and it, it fit, like, the whole game. Like, I feel like Mass Effect Andromeda had the right ideas. It just didn't... It wasn't Mass Effect. I mean... <laughs> it was a great space game. <laughs> I love the exploration. And, you know, that obviously the rover helped that tremendously but it's still like mass effect one is still that unique unique game that's got that unique place mass effect two <laughs> i never i never actually that's thought cool. about it until just now when you said it but yeah mass effect one the the start of the game um veteran soldier coming on board kind of a badass has has a past that people are aware of uh, assembles a team of similarly, you know, badass people and goes off to fight the big bad. The Mass Effect Andromeda rolls around. First game comes out. You're a child who just saw your dad die and you <laughs> lost all your Linkin Park CDs. Um, have fun in this new galaxy. Yeah, it was. It wasn't. That's not a great way to start off, for a Mass Effect game at least. But it was no, new and different. I mean, it's okay. I mean, the combat system is the one thing that I think could have been improved. I feel like... Combat system in Andromeda was fucking useless. You use your pistol for everything. Yeah. Use the pistol and win. That was the game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, pretty much... Uh, Mass Effect 3 had way better combat. I mean, again, two tight, different types of games. I think Andromeda, they were going for exploration. Mass Effect 3, it was a war game. Like Mass Effect 2 had a gun that shot a thermonuclear rocket. What do you need that for? But hey, it came in handy <laughs> at least once, I bet. You fired it in slow motion, and then as you were ducking back behind cover, because if you didn't duck behind cover after you fired that thing, you were fucking dead, you got to watch an explosion <laughs> happen behind you. Mushroom cloud behind you took down some really big enemies that way. That was a fucking fantastic game. And you still had grenades, which they got rid of in Mass Effect 3. Pissed me off. Fuck it, I'm gonna go play Mass Effect 2 again. <laughs> I, I do I do think you sell a lot mods. Definitely definitely worth it. Um yeah. 
but there's actually a normandy is pc's greatest starship that's interesting um so you put up there a post-apocalyptic city builder end zone i'm assuming you want to talk about this uh yeah end zone it's a game that's in early access on steam right now and is a post-apocalyptic city builder as you just said so in the vein of frostpunk and uh yeah it's a lot of frostpunk but there's not so much winter um this is a city builder game where you send out small parties to investigate anomalies on this large map that you start off on and you scavenge for materials and you build up your little civilization and uh they're adding to it the devs are pretty active so this is a game that i am going to be watching i'm not going to buy it quite yet because i'm wary of early access but i am following it and uh want to make people aware in case uh anyone out there like me absolutely fucking loves city builders So yeah, that's pretty much all I wanted to say about that game. It's on Steam, early access. <laughs> and it looks kind of pretty. It's got great graphics. I'll probably wait for you to get it, see how you enjoy it, and then take it from there. Yep. So the, this month, April, they um, they added expeditions, which is where you you send these people off and you send colonists of yours off uh, on the map or on a map next to your map, and they go and they loot buildings and stuff like that. And you have to actually select a team of people who have specialties. Uh, so you like for really tough stuff, they recommend a diverse team. You can send them with special tools. Um, send them off and they bring back loot for your colony, which is good. So that was this month that they did that. Next month, uh, they're planning on scenarios. Uh, so events in-game in the world will actually start to happen. You'll have to react to them. Um, and they're planning on a lot of them. Specific tasks and conditions. Uh, and then they don't know... Apparently, according to this early access roadmap, they don't know what they're going to be doing after May. But, yeah, there you go. It caught my eye. It looks pretty. It's a nice concept. And it looks kind of brutal, like Frostpunk did. Yeah, it does seem like it's a, it has a potential to be a lot of fun. Uh, if you are into that explicitly, like, hard, unforgiving style of game, which a lot of people are not understanding, so... I enjoy learning the ins and outs of games like that and then bending them over. Which is what I did for Frostpunk. Giggity. Yep, except for survival mode. I never did survival mode on Frostpunk, because... Yeah. That was quite frankly just silly. Yeah, here, here's the game. Uh, you're not allowed to pause it. It's uh, the most brutal difficulty settings that we have. And uh, you're just going. I mean, that's really the only difference, I think, between survival mode. It's you just turn all the difficulty stuff on high and then don't let you pause to do any planning. Uh, yeah, also no saves rest. coming. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I never did survival either. I beat all of the uh, main missions on whatever the hardest difficulty was. Yeah, I, I think we both... We have all the achievements, though, uh, for, like, that game, except for beat the scenarios on survival. So there's, like, five achievements for Frostpunk that I don't have. The expansion 
did get a lot of uh, good, uh, like, people did seem to enjoy it quite a bit, so. Yeah, I played the expansion. Did we talk about this on a podcast before? So. No? Uh, we got sure. time, so have at it. Yeah, okay, Frostpunk, the expansion came out. Uh, when's, uh, what is it, Autumn? Yeah, the last Autumn. Uh, yeah, the last Autumn, thank you. Um, last Autumn came out for Frostpunk. Uh, it's a paid expansion to the game, uh, which is fine for me, because, uh, whatever. It's a completely new game mode, new art style, so basically you're setting up a city before the snow starts, and it's your job to, in the scenario at least, go to this place and build yourself a reactor. And, uh, this reactor will be used by whoever comes and tries to settle the, the Arctic North later on. <clears throat> so... As the scenario goes, it's a good scenario. There are new mechanics to it, there are new buildings, there are new things to consider. Uh, you're not contending with the cold, necessarily, but you are contending with people, philosophy, um, doom and gloom. Uh, and it's it's a good time. I actually had fun playing that scenario. Uh, the achievements were kind of broken when I played it, so I actually have to go through and play it again to pick up some of my achievements that I did. But... For the money, I'd say it's worth it. I'd say it's worth getting the season pass, which I think is going to get you last autumn. Uh, why don't I just look at it? Yeah. All right, here we go. Wasn't that game also like on deep sale on uh, GOG? Usually, uh, it was. Like sales or whatever. Yeah, which is why it caught my eye when they uh, when they announced the season pass because it was on GOG and it was really excellently discounted. So if you can get this game through GOG, definitely do it. But there is uh, the last autumn, the rifts, which is a new way to build cities. Stop it, eleven bit. I'm trying to talk. I don't want to watch that video right now. Thank you. Uh, the Rifts, which is a new way to build cities, so now you have, like, these big crevasses, and in order to expand your city and build outwards, you need to construct a bridge over the crevice so that you can get to a new landmass. So it's a cool mechanic. Uh, you got some new maps for doing that, specifically. Um, the Season Pass will also get you the original soundtrack, which is fantastic. Uh, digital art book, which is whatever. And there's a new project that is right now just a jumble of letters, but uh, they have a, another expansion that is planned to come out, I believe it is this year, sometime this year, soon.tm. So yeah, Season Pass, Game of the Year edition, uh, currently 33 bucks on Steam, which is great, actually, 33 bucks for this game and all the expansions, yeah, it's worth it. If you like City Builders, if you like Survival City Builders, uh, I definitely recommend Frostpunk. And it's probably cheaper on GOG. Um, actually, the game of the year edition is forty eight ninety nine. On GOG. Yep. Uh, poo. All right, Steam is having a sale right now. Yep. Fuck Steam. Buy it on GOG. Um. <laughs> uh, apparently, yeah. Uh. Oh, so the season passed. So yeah, you, the only thing you get is the soundtrack, wallpapers. Wallpapers for a mobile phone, uh, ringtones, art book, and then a the Frostpunk season pass. Yeah, and the season pass will get you all the uh, the content that I just mentioned. Go for it.
Alright, so I'll, I'll stop talking about city builders now. I fucking love them. They're not for everyone, though. I know. SimCity 2000 for the win. SimCity 2000 was fucking excellent. <laughs> it was the last city builder I think <laughs> I ever played. City Skylines <laughs> is SimCity for adults. Uh, I should mention, again, it was new the last time I played it. Man, all right. So, uh, we got somebody playing Borderlands Three. How is it? It's pretty damn awesome. Just wrapping up the mission now. Haven't really been paying too much attention to uh, to the game, but uh, it's it's awesome. If you if anybody played and loved any of the earlier Borderlands, get it. You will love it. It is everything that makes Borderlands great. Alright, it's a resounding recommendation, and uh, Venus has it, and I have it, and at one point or another, I'm going to install it, and we'll we'll have a threesome. It'll be great. Yeah, it's... Sticky. The game is, like, a lot of stuff unlocks after you play through the plot the first time, so I think the idea is that you play through it solo, and then you can hop in multiplayer and do whatever you want with your friends. It's Kind of uh, reminiscent of the division in that sense. Like there's the storyline, yeah. and then then once you get to you know, quote unquote end game, it's just have fun and goof around and do whatever you want. I don't think I've ever made it through the story mode of a Borderlands game. Well, the story's the best part. The games are hilarious. That's like the whole reason to play them, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I don't. I think Borderlands Two is the farthest I got. Now nah, I was. I don't even know how far it was. Damn. Like I just, I could never. It starts out strong and then, yeah, it just grows stale, and I just never finish them. I mean, I'd passed on the Handsome Collection. Uh, never played any of the Tales of Borderlands. I think I had Borderlands One Game of the Year and Borderlands Two Game of the Year. And uh, haven't completed either one of them. That's funny. I've got all of them. I've done, you know, Tales from Borderlands, the Borderlands Two, the prequel. Uh, yeah, all kinds of shit. Or Borderlands, the prequel. Um, I know uh, my biggest problem with Borderlands Two was actually, well, shitty RNG was part of the problem. <laughs> Uh, but I could never get a gun that I liked with a decent sight picture. Yeah, I have 18 hours total in Borderlands 2. And I have 14 of 75 achievements. 18 hours total in Borderlands 2? Yep. I've got 79, and that's just that I've got since I bought it on Steam. I also had it on console way back in the day. Um, and uh, let's see, game of the year. Uh, I've only got a couple hours in on my uh, Steam library, but also played the shit out of that many, many, many years ago. Uh, but I already have 36 hours in Borderlands 3, and I got it, uh, I think. Uh, we 
week and a half or so ago, maybe two weeks ago. It's pretty yeah. cool. But yeah, if if you're not into that type of storytelling, because in addition to like that's it's one of the hallmarks of the game. It's got a very unique art style, uh, graphics, the combat, everything is uniquely Borderlands. But so is the storytelling. And if it's not your thing, you know, if that type of storytelling doesn't engage you, then that's that's fine. You know, it's not going to be your type of game. But if you were a fan of the uh, first couple of Borderlands, Borderlands Three, you'll uh, Ring all the right nostalgia bells. Good to know. Uh, nostalgia bells, by the way. Um, all of us must remember a, a wonderful comic when we were growing up that was actually started in the 1920s by a Frenchman. Uh, this comic, which I'm sure we all know, features uh, a boy and his dog running around uh, solving mysteries. And it was adapted to a computer game a long, long time ago, a side-scroller. And then in 2011, Steven Spielberg made a movie about it with uh, CGI characters that look fucking terrifying. And the uh, comic, of course, that I'm referring to is Tintin, that lovable character, the fucking soulless ginger that runs around with his uh, scrappy little white dog and the drunken sea captain. And uh, Tintin is uh, getting a video game. Like, a real video game. And because that's what we're all clamoring for, right guys? We're all looking forward to a Tintin video game. That sounds absolutely terrifying. His his dead soulless eyes haunt me. Who the fuck's Tintin? According to uh, Stephanie Longyearn of this, <laughs> uh, the CEO of uh, Microids, this is really a dream come true for us. The Adventures of Tintin transported millions of readers worldwide, and this opportunity will allow us to put our talents at the service of one of the biggest creators of the 20th century, and it's Inked Hero. Our team members are fans of the famous reporter and will do their best to pay his franchise a vibrant homage. So yeah, they're, uh, they're making a Tintin video game. Not this year, probably next year. But uh, it will feature characters from the comics like Captain Haddock, who we all remember and love, Professor Calculus, that's not a a derisive name or anything, and detectives Thompson and Thompson, who were the the wacky, uh, quasi-ambiguously gay couple, and uh, Snowy the dog, who is Tintin's adorable dog. Yeah, I remember all the... I never watched or read Tintin or played any of the games or anything when I was a kid, but I remember all the hype uh, when the movie was coming out and the uh, resounding disappointment with how it ended up looking. Um, But I think it's kind of cool that they're making a game out of it. Spielberg Spielberg learned nothing from uh, Polar Express. Tom Hanks, Polar (laughs) Express. Fucking horrifying. And then they did it again. He learned nothing. What type of game is it going to be? Uh, did, where you heard about it, did it talk about that at all? Uh, first-person shooter. No! <laughs> no. That's amazing! No, I don't know. Um, if I had to guess, I would guess uh, open-world detective um, RPG. Ace Phoenix-style, probably. Uh, they do Sam not... Yeah, they do what? not go go into it here the the uh, whole article is just a tintin video game is in the works and then they have the studio that's producing it and quotes from the ceo gotcha 
So again, another game we're all clamoring for. Um, Saints Row the Third Remastered. Oh, another remaster. I know, but I mean, of all the Saints Row's games, why why are you remastering the third one? You know, I Wasn't actually did read some Yeah, but I mean, if you think about it, it didn't come out that long ago. Like, I mean, it it doesn't look that bad. Um, it still holds up pretty good to this day. The first one, though, that's bad. <laughs> yeah, that's all bad. Um, but yeah, apparently that's coming out next month. Um, and Amnesia The Dark Descent is going to be free on April 30th on Epic Game Store. It's a fun game you guys should check out. Yep. I was actually a child when I read them at first, and I thought that it was funny that the sea captain was always drinking and getting himself into trouble, <laughs> but as an adult, I realized that he has a legitimate disease, and he needs help. <laughs> and he doesn't get it. Well, you also realize that he's French, and they're all drunks anyway. He's drinking hard liquor, though. I mean, when I picture a Frenchman, I picture him swinging on a wine bottle. But you're correct, they are all drunks. <laughs> uh, a friend of uh, me and Dr. Nichols from college uh, was telling me, this was many, many years ago, uh, her family is from France. She's, her mom is, is French, and she was, but our friend was born in, uh, in America. She was telling me a story of back in her mom's hometown, like, which was out in the countryside of France, uh, drinking uh, and drinking and driving in particular were such uh, a problem that the town decided it was easier to remove the trees from the sides of the road through the countryside than it was to stop people from drinking. That's amazing. So you just like drive and roll off into the field rather than crashing into a tree? So yeah, French people or like French culture uh, might have some drinking issues. <laughs> might, might, I'm sure. Just, sure, just they might. They probably would have done the same thing in a Russian city, but there are no trees in Russia. <laughs> no, in trees, the the hills drive into you. Oh, yeah. Um. Um. Yakov Shmirnov callback right there, ladies and gentlemen, for everyone that was born before the year 2000. You know, uh, Yakov Shmirnov now has, like, a PhD or, uh, in psychology, and he is, like, really fucking smart. It's kind of crazy. I saw a <laughs> podcast with him uh, probably about six months ago or so, and he was talking about all this shit. It's kind of ridiculous. I was waiting for there to be a uh, in Soviet Russia PhD comes or yeah whatever to yeah one of those jokes but uh, no fine he actually legitimately has a, a PhD or a whatever in psychology good for him he, yeah no, that wasn't a joke I mean he's a funny guy you typically you have to be pretty smart to be like that funny and that successful I miss George Carlin. Yeah, I think we all do. Rat shit, bat shit, dirty old. <laughs> He's responsible for one of my favorite Blink-182 songs. Yeah, that's a good one. It's not so good fun. 
Oh, and I miss Leetness too. I miss him telling us about his drinking stories. I project our lungs to overstate lungs. <laughs> Good man. Well, I guess uh round table. I didn't have one in there, but uh let's let's go back to something we talked about earlier. Um Tintin changes on the daily. Uh no, fuck Tintin. Uh what's on your playlist? Um What's like on your quarantine music, playlist? Music playlist? Yes. I don't listen to music like at all right now. Uh, so my my playlist is currently empty. <laughs> well, that was easy. Uh, zero got a, got a little bit of everything on mine. Um, everything from Southern Rock, uh, Dead Mouse, oh WWE intros, some of the good ones. <laughs> okay, Niggle. Um, Avril Lavigne put out a song called Hello Kitty or some shit. I've been listening to that a lot. Uh, it's pretty, it's, it's <laughs> awful, but it's pretty good. Uh, it's Avril Lavigne, so... Uh, something else here, I'm trying to find it. I found a ten-year-old music video the other day that I really like. Uh, oh, Animus Vox by The Glitch Mob. I remember yeah. them. It's a good song. Yeah, a lot of stuff came out about ten years ago that I wasn't really paying attention to because I think I was like nose deep in ad ad just advertising something or other, um, and didn't didn't pay attention to it. Finally, getting around to it now. So yeah, glitch mob, good stuff. Crazy MT also good. Hand hunters also good. Kari pemu pemu. Yeah, you know what, people? Listen to more J-pop. And uh, if you don't like J-pop, check out uh, J-metal. Also also really good. <laughs> if you like anime girls in really dark dresses, like, singing death metal in Japanese, it's very entertaining. It's actually really hilarious to watch, like, videos of it. Cause... Was it baby metal? They are... Well, that's uh, that's that, a yes. separate thing, but, like, it's a Japanese death metal <laughs> chicks are hilarious. Because, like, Japanese death metal chicks are, like... These tiny, petite, cute little Japanese girls wearing all black, and then they start like screaming, and not not like the high pitched ear piercing screaming, but like no, yeah, good Dim metal screaming and roaring, and, screaming. Like, like it's it's pretty incredible. Yeah, it's they're they're good. That's the thing about it. You look at them and you're like, sounds like that should not be coming out of people that look like that, but they nope. are. Yep. It sounds pretty good. That's very hilarious. Yeah. Baby metal's a whole different thing, which is very funny. Also, you should listen to baby metal. Uh uh music videos though. Baby metal is not as fun if it's not a music video. Yeah, no, that's it's the story of the through the music video. I, don't want to, but I just for fan clarity. What the fuck is baby metal? Go on to you. We're not going to explain it to you until you go onto YouTube and you type in baby metal and you watch a video all the way through. No pausing or leaving. Uh, Just do look, it. Look up a Japanese pass? baby metal. 
Yeah, <laughs> on just YouTube. do it. It's hilarious. I, I feel like typing that into Google, and I will have a SWAT team at my door. Oh You're my god! You it's on, it's on YouTube. Jesus, Kobe, it's I'm on YouTube. You full blown gay. God, you're gay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I'm sorry, I can't. It just reminds me of all the wonderful conversations that I had with Bella and K-pop. There's nothing wrong with K-pop either. BTS is good. Empirically, they are good. Just like the Backstreet Boys are empirically good. Just because they look I mean, a little gay, there's nothing wrong with that. In both those cases, the music, yes, is empirically good, but the culture <laughs> and the industry are fucking horrific. In both oh, of course. Cases. No, yeah, it's an it, uh, awful, awful industry, and you really don't want to be a part of that. It's basically human slavery, but the product is really good, and there's nothing wrong with listening to it, <laughs> Gobi. I SWAT teams. It was. I really... <laughs> You're full-blown gay! Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, Japanese baby metal. Go check it out. It's worth worth a listen to. That's what's on my playlist. I'm gonna make a whole new playlist. It's really not that bad, believe it or not. It's actually pretty good. It's not like you put you you put in an album and listen to it for an hour. It's like no, you, you watch, watch a song, video, you laugh, and then you move on. <laughs> <laughs> we get in so much trouble for saying that baby metal is not a way of life. Oh, well, right. I suppose. Go yeah, Gobi's not going to do it because all Gobi only listens to Leonard Skinner. So yeah, uh, uh, nope. close. If it doesn't have a good old American twang in it, Gobi's just not interested. Actually, songs to be about pickup trucks and women. Hollywood Undead, Beastie Boys, and Bruce Things Springs. Hollywood Undead. What are you twelve? Well, I mean, I still listen to Blink One Eighty Two sometimes. Yeah, yeah, but at least Blink One Eighty Two is good. I mean, let's let's not, not say safe. things that we let, can't let's take not, back. Let's not go too far. Like, <laughs> easy now. There's something great about Blink One Eighty Two, but let's not go calling them good or anything. That's an exaggeration. That's that's saying a bit much. Travis Baker's an amazing drummer. You can say that much because he is. Oh my god! Like Travis Barker by far is the best musician. Like at, at the time that Blink-182 was on MTV, like TRL, he was probably the single best musician to be performing in any of those music videos in any given day. Well, like, he was he he transformed. Is that insanely good. He transformed the way that a lot of uh, punk and pop bands did drums or thought of drums because he was he was doing stuff that was as complicated as things that, uh, that Rush was doing. Um, can't I just spaced on the name of Rush's uh, drum players? Neil Peart, thank you, Neil. Yeah, rest uh, in peace. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Go watch the Aqua Teen Hunger Force movie. Also, Neil Peart makes a special guest appearance, plays the drum solo of life. It's amazing. Anyway, but, Travis uh, was Travis was doing stuff in pop music that was as complicated as what Neil Peart was doing in like legitimately good rock music. So Travis helped transform the scene in that way. Up from uh, what 1999 or 2000 on. Well, his background his first was Enema of the State with Blink. His background was in jazz, and if you actually look at what oh, he yeah. does, like he does a lot of jazz technique and just does it really fast. And it you're telling punk. me. 
Yeah, you're well, telling no, me. I'm, ta- I'm like... talking to a podcast. I'm, I, I know that you're a fucking drummer. I know you know this. I'm just... Ex- explain it to Gobi. <laughs> <laughs> Travis Barker hit drums with sticks. Sound good. Very good. Awesome. Very good. Acceptable. Speaking, uh, speaking of that, uh, that fucking Fortnite event or whatever pulled in 12.3 million dollars or million people or whatever viewers for it. Wait, yeah, people or dollars? Uh, people, sorry. Um, yeah. <clears throat> uh, yeah, there's 12.3 million dollars. Watch this. Uh, Travis, is it Travis Scott? Is that who's the big thing in Fortnite right now? No. Travis. I don't, yeah, probably. Let's just say Travis Barker, just because yeah. we're on a roll. Yeah, let's go with that. Travis Barker is now playing no, Fortnite. He got twelve. Scott. He got twelve point no, one million dollars uh, to watch him. It's a. Uh, <laughs> they had a um, event in game or whatever, and it was this weird, like trippy music video, and I, I don't know who this Travis Scott is, but <clears throat> it was a. Uh, it was pretty cool. Let's just My cut. Was part of the twelve point three million. So. Okay, so like 10 minutes ago when we started talking about this, we're just going to cut everything that, that happened 10 minutes <clears throat> before 10 minutes ago, and we're just going to start the podcast there, because now we're good. The podcast has finally started, because Omega <laughs> and I are off the rails. Yep, <clears throat> and there's Fortnite been involved. Can't, you can't forget Fortnite. Yo, know, right now, people are desperate for live entertainment. The NFL draft at the end of last week had more yeah. viewers than any draft ever. It was like <laughs> it was ridiculous. And was it good? Like, it's there was a grappling competition on uh UFC Fight Pass that I watched uh a couple days ago and like holy shit it felt good to watch live sports. Oh my god it felt so good. Like people are so desperate for live entertainment right now. I'm not at all surprised that this Fortnite event did huge numbers. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. I like he, he was all pissed off because he kept getting killed before he got in. But then once the event started, they took you know nobody could kill anybody or whatever. And it was this giant like guy like walking around in all these trippy colors and stuff. And it was like a whole music event. I don't even know how long it lasted. I didn't pay much attention, but it was a uh, it was a whole thing and it was interesting. I was actually shocked that. It drew as many people as it did. Um, <clears throat> that would, it was kind of cool. Not something I would play, but it was nice to watch it. Do you know Tom DeLonge is 44 years old and he's still touring? This is one thing that bothers me about Blink-182 and bands like that, is that you get to a certain age and you're like, okay, stop whining. Uh, Tom DeLonge is also insane. He is, yeah. Uh, 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 just skimming through just his Twitter feed, he's clearly batshit crazy. Okay, uh, if if anybody wants a real good laugh, uh, if you're a fan of Joe Rogan's podcast, go look at the uh, the podcast he did with Tom DeLonge. Uh, it's probably within the last, it was about two years ago, maybe. And uh, this dude is batshit crazy. Uh, he is full on like alien government conspiracy theorist. He he uh, swears that he has been brought in by the government and told things about aliens that uh, his and the government gave him the job to disseminate the truth to the people. So that's what he's doing right now. 
he's alien Jesus. Like, the government has aliens. Area 51, all that shit is all true. He went digging and found irrefutable evidence of it. Uh, but because he was famous, the government couldn't just eliminate him. So they brought him in, actually showed him what they had, and made it his job to be like PR for them. That's that's what he legitimately believes. I want to go to a state. I want his drugs. It's legal, and whatever he is smoking, I want some of it. That's some good shit. Those are grade A hallucinations. You know what? Or okay, maybe delusions at this point, but yeah. possibly, yeah. It's yeah, it's definitely one or the other. Um, None of this matters. So the speaking of UFOs, there was something that really surprised me about what was it? Middle of last year, there was footage that was released from uh, a naval plane. And it was uh, broadcast on CNN, and they actually had the guy who was in the plane who took this footage, and it was of an unidentified flying object. Um, they never really found out what it was, but it was like moving, it was hovering and moving over water, and it was moving in a way that a plane never could. And they identified it as an object, and they were like, this is, re- this is like technology that we have no fucking idea how this exists. And uh, it was broadcast everywhere, and I was just like, holy shit, the fucking alien conspiracy theorists are going to be up in arms about this. And nothing came of it everybody's completely forgotten about it we've moved past it it's like it was broadcast on cnn so it must be fake or some shit or you know we must it's just like whatever it completely blew my mind actual classified footage that was declassified and then played on the airwaves and everyone just gave it a pass nothing Uh, yeah can't explain it hell of an aircraft could be a spaceship could be an alien probe who the fuck knows doesn't move like anything that we've ever built in the history of mankind and uh gave off no heat signature even though it was flying at like mach 12 but yeah just giving it a pass whatever god bless humanity full of surprises oh it came through official channels so we don't care well it's <laughs> yeah. like uh, the navy pilot who was at one of those sightings, or one of the Navy pilots, I should say, um, who has since retired and has like written books about it, uh, was also on an episode of uh, the Joe Rogan podcast. And so, like, this is a former Navy pilot, and he's like talking about this shit. And this was after the Tom DeLonge podcast, and Joe talked to him about it, and the guy was like, "Yeah, I know all about Tom. He's fucking hilarious and stupid." <laughs> <laughs> so, like, the Navy pilot who was actually there when all this shit happened and he like he's saying like yeah these this had to have been some sort of ufo you know by that definition unidentified flying yeah, object just straight Nothing up definition that we can wise. identify you know it's it does things that we can't explain you know i'm not saying it's aliens but i am saying it's not something that is <laughs> i'm not saying it's aliens but it's aliens but, uh, <laughs> but it, he was also like yeah tom Delange is crazy and hilarious so if you want to see a podcast where Joe Rogan talks to a guy about the real uh, science or evidence or possibility about it, go watch that episode. And if you want to see a hilarious nutcase uh, who is some sort of delusions, um, is it his watch feed? the Tom DeLonge podcast. 
Or just read through his Twitter feed. Yeah, it's kind of kind of hilarious. He is off his rocker. In a good way. But I suppose uh, we're well over an hour, so uh, why don't we wrap it up? Thank you guys for joining. Thank you all for listening. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Peace. Mark Hoppus is 48 years old, and he's much more boring. Did you, uh, I remember when, right before when Blink-182 broke up, um, they did a live performance on TRL when TRL was in, like, Cancun or whatever for spring break. And, uh, it was, like, right before the band broke up and you knew it was coming because, uh, Tom Delonge had uh, a broken nose and two black eyes <laughs> and all three of them as they were singing, I remember because they were playing girl at the rock show or just rock show, whatever that song is called. And, um, they all just looked so fucking miserable. So apparently it, my guess is they got into like a huge fight, uh, on their way to Cancun or while they were there at Cancun or something. And they had to do this gig and like, Dude literally had a broken nose, and they both just looked so angry. Was Carson Daly still doing TRL? I think he... Didn't he do it until it ended? Or did he leave TRL? I don't remember. I just remember he was so adorable. Wait, now that you mentioned <laughs> yeah. that he may have left TRL, Wait, and TRL that's what... The countdown show? Yeah, yeah was, Total uh, Request Live. Okay. It was... It was MTV's last uh, vestige of still caring about music. Back when uh, music <laughs> videos were still on MTV. Yeah. But it was everything. It was like, dude, through high school, that was what everybody watched because you get home from school in the afternoon and it was like an hour and a half show where they played a, a top 10 countdown of requests of um, like music videos. And it was all the big pop numbers, you know, pop rock, pop punk. You know, Backstreet Boys, pretty, that, uh, yeah, that's Lincoln the Park, only reason that's like all of them. Pretty much the only way that I could watch uh, Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre, or uh, Limp Bizkit, or Kid Rock, or uh, Eminem, any of those guys, because I didn't have that music in my house. But yeah, it was on TRL. You're right. Remembering back at this now, I used to. I remember Kid Rock music videos. Ugh, back when he actually played rock. Yeah. I actually no, went to one of Kid Rock's concerts. Was this recently or back Wait, in the day? Oh no, back yeah. in the day when he had bitches in cages dancing on stage. All right. <laughs> Proper Kid Rock. So, well, he, he was a DJ before he was he was a uh, rock star or whatever. Oh, let's not get ahead of ourselves. He was white trash before he was a DJ. <laughs> oh, for sure. For goddamn sure. <laughs> I mean, he's from fucking Michigan, for God's sakes, man. <laughs> what the fuck? That's what I love about him most. He's from fucking Michigan, but he, like, he's become the southern icon. Yeah, and, and now he does uh, southern songs, which is great. Yeah, I, dude, I remember watching a Thanksgiving special. It was Kid Rock, Leanne Rimes, and God, I want to say Hank William Jr. or somebody of that nature. Um, and it was like a train wreck. Like you just couldn't like not keep watching it. 
<laughs> you wanted to stop, but you're just like, this can't be real. Like, when when do they jump out with cameras and say we got you? You know, this is candid camera or some shit. Like, did Leanne Rhymes and Buster Rhymes ever do a duet? Because if not, that's a missed opportunity. It really is. Yeah, I miss Buster Rhymes. Buster Rhymes. Break your neck. Good lord, that man could talk quickly. Yeah. <laughs> That's the whole. Yeah. Everybody loved Buster Neck, Buster Rams. I think everybody loved Buster Nut. 